1: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
0: All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into to a football Friday on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk football with you uh, here on a busy, busy program. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this today, Friday being jam packed as always. We like to, if possible, uh, get to as many of the regional NFL teams. We'll do that in the first hour of the program. Uh, we've got uh, in 15 minutes Jeff Hughes from It's the Bears and the Saints as the Bears try to avoid a two game losing streak uh, the Vikings will host uh, they, they go on the road rather to take on the Packers Dave Sinek and the headcheese.com just after 20 after 10-22 or thereabouts then we'll give you an opportunity to win some of that thousand dollar keyword handoff that'll take place before Dave Sprout joins us to talk Iowa State and Kansas Mitch Holtis at 10 minutes before 11 on the Chiefs who, um according to some of their players, Trent shouldn't overlook this Jets team. <laughs> you see some of them in the quotes. Chris Jones, this is a good football team we're playing. I okay. did see that one. Yeah, uh, but nonetheless, Mitch Holtis will be here. I hope he doesn't want to look back. I hope it's all in the future. With he'll those... have something I'm for you. I'm sure, I'm sure. he will. And yeah. um, then Bama Trent and I will go around college football as we always do on Fridays at 11:05. Tom Cakert on the Hawks. A lot of Hawkeye news. Football. And basketball-wise, a couple of big announcements here uh, came down yesterday. Uh, we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxon's. Before we share our picks with you in the last two weeks, Trent and I are both 7 up and 3 down. So 7 out of 10, not bad, in the last uh, couple of weeks. I'm uh, in the season, 62%, 21-13-1.
2: You're at 500. You've worked your way back after a nice two weeks. and. We will work to get that perfect card. We have not done that yet this year. Those five and O's tough, incredibly difficult. Yep, I'm in a contest with my buddies. The Hawkeye Super Contest is what we call it, as playoff the Vegas Super Contest, where you just pick five games every single week. Any five? Any five, college wow. or pro. Uh, also totals involved in that, so you can play a lot of different things. And I had my first five and zero card of the season there. As I said, I think third place out of about thirty five of us. So well, they're playing for millions of dollars in Vegas. So we're playing mean? for dozens of dollars. A <laughs> yeah. little bit different stakes uh, than than. Don't have to have a proxy though. That's the good news for this
0: yeah. contest. Well, uh, sp- speaking of Vegas, uh, have you seen the the sports book at Circa that opened? Oh, up? incredible! It's so they just had a pla-
2: a black tie event for it Wednesday night. That's yep, when it opened. Probably so. Yep. And uh, I heard a couple of people, Chris Andrews, my buddy out in Vegas. South uh, Point, yeah. He has COVID. Oh, he does. Yeah, sad news there for my buddy Chris, and I was texting with him a little bit, and he was disappointed he couldn't get to the Black Tie event Uh. and hearing great things. As all those guys, those sportsbook directors, they all know each other incredibly well. It's a very tight group, Mm -hmm. and a group that seems to always rotate. Yep. (laughs) Guys are are jumping to the next job, and... And maybe piss the wrong person off yeah. at their one place, and they go to the next one. But uh, certainly thoughts and prayers with Chris said that he's had a lot of health issues that you hope he's yeah. going to be able to to get through this okay. But, yeah, you mentioned Circa. You mentioned it the other, was it last week, maybe, or even earlier this week. Go to their website and look at it. It or is find them on
0: Twitter. There's, it's, it's, there's two of them, right? There's the outdoor stadium mm-hmm. uh, pool. Right. <laughs> And then indoors, I mean, it's just just unbelievable. If you love Vegas and you love betting on sports, and I'm guessing that there's a pretty good chunk of our audience that uh, can check both boxes when it comes to that, it's downtown Vegas. Uh, It's downtown Vegas, old Vegas, trying to come back. So anyways, enough about that. But if you can, um, you'll check it out. I think you'll be blown away as both Trent and I were. Uh, So that's the BMW Des Moines guest list here today. Just real quick, are you familiar with... um, uh, uh Travis Roy, the name Travis Roy Travis Roy, so he passed away yesterday, and it's, mm-hmm. i don't I mean i don't claim to have any um... this is a kid who grew up in Maine and had a dream of playing college hockey, and almost 25 years ago to the day, or sometime in October, as a freshman in his first shift of his life for b u Boston University. He crashed into the boards eleven seconds into his first ship shift and was a quadriplegic. Oh, wow. After that, died yesterday at age of forty five. He raised a ton of money for people um, that uh, they're going through that spinal cord injuries and uh, there's great e sixty um, on him. But uh, if, you're, if you're looking to kill some time. Uh, read up on a story, fascinating. I mean, eleven seconds into his first shift, jeez, not, you know, it's just unbelievable. Anyways, um, so we, we move on. Do you know what? I didn't know what to expect last night from <laughs> NFC South, who really doesn't move the needle. No, uh, maybe maybe more so this year with Brady and Tampa, et cetera. The AFC South of the eight is that the pecking order wise here the least?
2: AFC South, AFC South, right? Tennessee,
0: Jacksonville. Yeah, it's not much, right?
2: Because there's still Andy Houston. You know, some Atlanta transplants seem to be everywhere. Uh-huh. You find a few of those. The Saints have been
0: good for a long time now. Maybe there's some few of those. I think AFC South, if you were to rank yeah. up, is number eight. Maybe NFC South is number seven. But anyways, the game itself was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't awful. I think a lot of people went down the tubes last night. I I talked to a lot of I not talked to, text with. Um, People that were all over the Panthers. I know you like Carolina. I did, yeah. I had no opinion.
2: Under a field goal, at home. Yeah, and I know field advantage isn't what it was, but I just thought they were a lot better. Just a better team. And and Teddy looked good at times, looked Mm -hmm. really bad at times. That last last pass was That last interception. And the way he's ended the last few games Mm -hmm. for them, including the the loss to the Bears with the bad look. Yeah, it hasn't been... uh, Hasn't been the Teddy we saw last year. Man, he's got a
0: three-year deal with big, big money. Did you see somebody tweeted this out? Uh, maybe Trey Wingo. For the next three years, he's uh, on the books for $63 million, Exactly the same as Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> uh, who would you rather right? have? Yeah, right. $63 million cap uh cap hit for both of those quarterbacks. What Identical. do you think of Matt
2: Ryan at this point in his career? You Watching what, him last Ryan,
0: night. How about the touchdown he ran in? Yeah, right. I mean, I didn't think he had that no. in the 10-yard carry. He kept the football, too. <laughs> Probably doesn't have a lot more of those. Um, it's okay. If you're Chicago? Yes, you want him. Dallas? Yes, I mean, right now? With that offensive line, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think who's back there. Yeah, although they're getting some help, one of their guys is coming back. Not sure which one, but one of their one of their walking wounded is back for Sunday night. And what would it take? Oh, it, not much, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Fourth? A fourth fifth? Yes, in. You know? I mean, you guys the Bears, they need a quarterback. We'll see mm-hmm. cuz the trade deadline is Tuesday. Right. Um,
2: what a Tuesday? Yeah, no kidding, right? Jeez. Of course the election, but then we get uh Maction coming back? Not well, Wednesday. Wednesday. There's no
0: sports on Tuesday everything's off. everything's off nothing on tuesday uh, which is it was just the right way should it be a national holiday day it's kind of trending that direction I think isn't it, it is too yeah
2: i think it is too going back to the summer remember all the college uh, athletic mm-hmm. departments that we're talking about no classes that day right no workouts that day that that is a day too it's every four
0: years i mean yeah. it's, it's not like you're taking that day off every year yeah every four years i i don't know anyways we'll see um but yeah, it's, it's 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 going to be a crazy week. Anyways, uh, Illinois apparently has a COVID problem now. But the bigger COVID news uh, is is clearly Trevor Lawrence and, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen to him. And I'm anxious to see because I think it's a ten day period. Every every conference shouldn't we all have the same rules when it comes to this? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Big Ten is way over the top, in my opinion. Um, it 's more than the c d c
2: recommends yeah,
0: and, and maybe it 's different parts of the country, so maybe maybe I should take that walk that back a little bit, but the a c c you have to it 's a ten day period mm-hmm. so if it came up yesterday he wouldn 't get to play against Notre Dame, right, but if he showed symptoms on Thursday or on Tuesday, rather, then he would technically be allowed uh to play in that uh, to play against Notre Dame. Look, health first and foremost mm-hmm. with him. He's not going to play. Clemson will not allow him to play if he's not well for Notre Dame. The Boston and apparently he's worth eight points, because the line dropped from thirty two to twenty four. Oh really? So uh that's uh that's what bookmakers in Vegas uh believe that Trevor Lawrence is worth to that football team. But here's the good news, Trent. I I think maybe not good news, uh he this softens it a little bit perhaps is the kid who's going to play this weekend was the number 1 quarterback recruit coming out of high school. Yeah, now uh, here's
2: my question for you.
0: Can you I can't say, say his name, okay. no. No, I'm not going to even try.
2: Uh, for people wondering, his name is spelled U-I-A-G-A-L-E-L-E-I. No. DJ that guy.
0: DJ is six foot four, two hundred and fifty pounds. DJ's a load, yes, he is, and he's a dual threat quarterback. He can run it, he can chuck it, and we'll get to see that uh, against Boston College in that early window. And I
2: really like Boston College was my list this week when it was that third. I I saw it at thirty one, but you saw it as high as thirty two. I liked him at that number, a little bit of a look ahead spot. Clemson didn't play great last week against Georgia Tech. And And Boston
0: College got who was it? Vattek beat him two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah.
2: And I was on him that day. Yes. So uh, I really like that now with this point spread, and yeah. I, I don't like it as much. Would sound sounds silly. You should like it more without Trevor. Don't like it as much. And going against, uh, going with Boston College this week. But yeah, that aside, the protocol when this test in,
0: do we expect some funny business well, here? I hope that the athlete comes first. Look, I, I was surprised he came back to begin with as mm-hmm. we started to see some of these opt-outs, but he never even wavered. Right. I mean, he was all in. He was one of the players. Do you remember when the, it looked like there was going to play, and then all of a sudden everything was off the table? Mm-hmm. And some of the players started to use their social Let media. Let us play. Plas- yes. And as loud a voice, obviously, with his status in the game uh, that resonated was uh, was Trevor Lawrence. So So... I mean, look. I want to believe that Clemson will do the right thing. Um, we'll see. Wisconsin added to their totals yesterday. I don't know if that changes anything, Trent. If that was, uh, if that would have. Check both boxes as far as their COVID threshold, being not able to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But regardless, uh, there's a a situation uh, in Wisconsin. And I saw a report this morning on Twitter. There's a situation in Illinois.
2: Yeah, fill me in on that one. I hadn't heard anything on the Illini front. They play
0: Purdue this week. They play Purdue this week and then Wisconsin next week, right? I think they do. Is Is that what it is? Well, regardless. Well,
2: Purdue Purdue plays Wisconsin the following week.
0: Is that what it is? Yeah,
2: because Illinois played Wisconsin last Friday.
0: Yes, so uh, it was opening night, right? I watched the game. The uh, <laughs> Illinois Illinois football covid. So I'm checking it out on Twitter. Um Saturday tradition, multiple covid positives uh within the Illinois program. Uh that's about it. So okay. we'll, we'll see we'll see what comes out of that. Uh anyways, Jeff Hughes coming up momentarily. We'll get to him. New Orleans is the opponent there. Vikings and Packers play this weekend normally. Uh, There's at least a little bit of buzz, even though it's middle of college football season, for this two uh, matchup amongst regional teams uh, with the Vikings and the Packers, the border battle, as they call it up there, but it's all predicated on what's going on with Minnesota. Uh, They're just not a very good football team, and there's very little buzz surrounding this game. So hopefully it'll be a good game. We will see that one uh, in the early window. The Bears are in the late window. That's a 325 kick to help us out with that. We'll get to Dave Sinekin, by the way, coming up in six or seven minutes more on the Border Battle. But right now, Jeff Hughes from the TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, Jeff, before we get into the game, with the trade deadline on Tuesday... Uh, is, there, is there any speculation, has there been any buzz at all that uh, the Bears might be busy or going to kick the tires uh, on a certain position? Are you hearing anything about the Bears looking to uh, make any moves before Tuesday, Jeff? I
3: think the only place they would look seriously is for the interior of the offensive line. And there's a guy, Kevin Zeitler, in New York they could target. Um, with James Daniels out for the year, with Cody Whitehair now nursing an injury, with an offensive line that wasn't great to begin with, that would be the spot I think they would look. But right now, the, the asking price for these guys, high-profile guys, is just so high at this stage of the season. I don't see them making a big move, but if they were going to make a move, I think interior of the offensive line.
2: Pretty banged-up team this week. A short week on top of it, though they do get the late window with that Saints game, as Ken mentioned. Khalil Mack hasn't practiced yet. Allen Robinson dealing with a concussion. We saw Whitehair leave the game uh, on Monday night. And Cordero Patterson also banged up. Banged up team going on the road to New Orleans. And, and, and they get Michael Thomas back? And they was, possibly, possibly are going to get Thomas back. Boy, uh, things are stacking up. I was uh, the, the Bears overall have had a little bit of luck, at least the guys that haven't sat out. Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay in the games. Looks like that injury luck may be flipping the other side.
3: Well, the game's actually in Chicago, Trent. So that's, that, that's the advantage. It's going to be about 30 degrees and windy. And we just know the Saints team is not the same team outdoors. Drew Brees doesn't have the arm strength yep. to be able to, to beat them up outdoors. Uh, it, this is going to be an ugly football game. <laughs> I mean, if you're expecting anything else, well, listen, all Bears games tend to be pretty ugly. But mm-hmm. but this one's going to be ugly. I think you're going to see a fired-up Bears defense. Khalil Mack will play. How healthy he'll be out there, you never know. But he's been nursing injuries, what it feels like, for two years now. Uh, I just see this kind of a grind it out running game for the Saints, short passing game for the Bears, try not to make the big mistake and a game that's played in the teens, low twenties at the most. It's gonna be it's gonna be an ugly one. But you know, Michael Thomas is an interesting one. They're clearly a different offense when he's on the field. But how healthy is he gonna be? Mm-hmm. And can Kyle Fuller negate his production? He's done that most weeks to number one receivers. I'd like to see if he could do it again this week, but I just don't see Drew Brees being able to pick apart the Bears defense. In those kinds of conditions on the road.
0: Well, and they're, and they're shorthanded to begin with. You mentioned Michael Tha- Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders. I know he's not going to play. I think they got a couple of other receivers that have question marks beside their names. So that's, uh, that doesn't play into their favor. But what does, I think, and you guys mentioned the offensive line, Cameron Jordan still looks like Cameron Jordan in a lot of ways. Rankins, that's a pretty good defense that the Saints are going to pack uh, on their way to Chicago.
3: They're one of the best run defenses in the game, and if you play into their strength, if you allow yourself to run willy-nilly into the middle of their defensive line and give yourself second and long and third and long, that's when they can excel because they do have decent pass rushers. But if you went back and watched their game with Carolina, and I watched it pretty closely, Carolina could not run the ball at all, so they just stopped. Hmm. And Teddy Bridgewater diced up this same secondary, which is not very good. So if the Bears are going to go out there and think they're going to be able to establish the run, which they can't do, they are going to end up behind the chains, and they are not built to play that way. This is a game where you have to be throwing from first down and accept the fact that you're not going to be able to get a run game going against this team. Throw it as often as you can. Bridgewater, I think he had five incomplete passes in that game against the Saints. He was brilliant, but the guys were running wide open. So if the Bears want to continue to pretend it's 1938 and run the ball every first down, they can go ahead and do it, but it will it will be a failing, failing scheme.
2: If uh, this turns out to be, you mentioned we just had a, a tweet from somebody that said 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts expected in really? Soldier Field. Yeesh. If it's a game where the offense just cannot get out of its own way, they lose it 20-3. to Is that it for Matt Nagy as a play caller?
3: I would have to think it is because this was the first game Monday night where there was a groundswell from both the media and folks like me who are, tend to be less you know, uh, chicken little about things mm-hmm. who said, this guy's got to start thinking about making the change. They're a good team. They're a good defense. They have skill guys. But I, I said this about even Mitch Trubisky this week. They've got to do everything they can to turn this offense around. And they've got about 15 guys on this, on this coaching staff who have called plays in the NFL before. So they've got to make any change possible to try to light a fire under this roster. Now, I'm not saying they should start Trubisky, by the way, for all your listeners. <laughs> what I said on Twitter this week was, why not bring them in on third and one and tell them, go get the first down? Mitch Trubisky's legs are an asset uh-huh. offensively. and are, Does anybody think the Bears could afford to leave assets of offense on a bench? Good point. I'd be bringing down everything I can bring in. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at the Saints this
0: week. Uh, Will that kitchen sink include more of Cole Komet, who looks as though he's finally getting, uh, albeit belatedly, getting his opportunity to show what they got here in the second round?
3: Uh, Nagy says the same thing every week. He says, uh-huh. we know this kid has to be more involved in the offense. And every week, Cole Komet makes two or three plays, and then Demetrius Harris takes over at tight end. It has to stop. If Cole Komet's not ready to take in the entire playbook, I don't care anymore. Put him out there. Let him make the mistakes on the field. There's an explosiveness to Cole Komet that this offense needs. Put him out on the field. Put him out there for 50 snaps a game and get the ball in his hands because what we've seen is when the ball's in his hands, good things happen.
0: Do the Vikings do the Bears a favor? Knock off the pack? No. I don't think so. No,
3: I, I I just don't I just don't see it with the Vikings. I think there's something fundamentally broken right now in that organization. I think it starts with the quarterback, but the defense is not very good. I just how are they gonna stop Aaron Rodgers this week? It, it's to me, Aaron Rodgers is gonna get into the mid to high thirties, and you put Kirk Cousins in front of that pass rush, there's no chance he can equal that.
0: Uh, Jeff Hughes to Bearsblog.com. Jeff, uh, Bears uh, Bears win. Yes but I hope you heard how long I paused. <laughs> I did. Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jeff Hughes. Right, take care. Appreciate guys. it. TheBearsBlog.com, Dave Sinekin. <laughs> I did not like that pause. <laughs> he is TheHeadCheese.com. Uh, Dave, Trent, and Ken, as always, great to have you on our program. Uh, Dave, here's my sense. You're in Minneapolis. You get the border battle, dot, dot, dot. You and PA, I'm sure, had your back and forth here this morning. this usually even in Des Moines has a little bit of buzz when it's Green Bay and the Vikings even though it's the middle of college football and you know how that moves the needle uh, here in our state. It doesn't feel like there's much buzz for Vikings Packers this week and there should be. I don't sense it. Is there more so uh, in your neck of the woods?
4: Uh, Zero. No there's no buzz at all. I mean one in five will do it to you Uh, the reality of, of who this team is in Minnesota this year and you know, the sell-off began with the trade last week. So there's there's very little buzz. I think there's, you know, for diehard Viking fans, you know, the idea that they've had two weeks, the offense is healthy, Delvin Cook's back, uh, maybe they can go toe-to-toe and throw some points on the board and surprise the world because when everybody thinks one thing, the other tends to happen. But, no, for the vast majority of folks here, it's, you know, they were hoping Gopher season would give them some excitement, <laughs> but Michigan uh, dealt them an early yeah. blow there. It's, it's pretty negative uh, up here right now.
0: How about your Hoosiers, by the way, Dave Sinekin? <laughs> was
4: Was Pennix in? Oh God, I was so surprised they said that was good. Me um, too. That was that the way that game finished. Talk about a team that I mean, Penn State owned every category oh, yeah. in that game statistically. And I can't. I still, to this moment, as a Hoosier alum who you know bleeds <laughs> cream and crimson and and all that, I, I am. Beyond stunned that they somehow pulled that game off, so many things had to go right. But you know what? Forty-two straight times they had lost to a top-ten team. Um, it was bound to their luck was bound to turn, and that was about as exciting a finish as I've seen in a long time. Amazing,
2: yeah, it really was a great game there. Let's jump back into the Packers and this Green Bay squad overall, kind of just doing their thing. I, I what do you sit? What a third of the way through the season, wherever we are right now. Is this a team that could get to the Super Bowl? I mean, the record says that they do. You look at the rest of the NFC, it is. Where do you sit when you look at this team a general overview?
4: Yeah, I think the defense really gave me reason for hope last week. I was just stunned that they were able to corral the Texans, pitching a shutout at halftime. Mm-hmm. I said it to PA this morning. I think a sneaky uh, reason Green Bay has improved right now is the addition of defensive backs coach Jerry Gray, who came over from Minnesota, longtime highly regarded coach, he has turned your guy, Josh Jackson, I think, into an actual mm-hmm. starting cornerback. Wow. He stepped up last week and looked like an entirely different player after having gotten the start in Tampa where he had good and bad, and he's going to be counted on again Sunday because Kevin King is not going to play again. Uh, he got good um, improvement out of Josh Jackson. We know what Jair has become. And a couple of young safeties had to step in last week and play. A rookie, Vernon Scott, Will Redmond, with Savage being out. I think Jerry Gray has really coached up the secondary really nicely, and, and Kamal Martin, the former Gopher, stepped down on the field for the first time due to injury in the second half and looked like the missing piece. So I'm I'm guardedly optimistic that this defense is improving. It still needs pass rush to do its thing. It's not been what it was last year. If this defense can continue to play like they are, think they're 12th against the run right now, um, then yes, and we'll learn a lot more Thursday night oh, yes, when they for go into sure. San Francisco in their house of horrors. But I'd say yes, definitely. We've seen physical teams punch Green Bay in the mouth. But, um, man, if if the playoffs started today, they'd have the one seed. They'd likely get the winner of of, uh, Chicago-Philly. I mean, they might be a game away from hosting the NFC Championship game without breaking a sweat. Obviously, a lot's going to happen in the next 10 weeks. But sitting here today... Uh, I, I feel so much more confident about Green Bay's chances than I did six weeks ago. Mm.
0: You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Thursday versus San Francisco, and we'll talk to you Thursday if your schedule allows in advance of that game, Dave. But, you know, will they are on the side of caution, meaning if there are – uh some guys that maybe if could go but you know what it's the Vikings we got a short week and there's the uh Niners uh coming up next and we never know what's going to happen as far as tiebreakers. if it gets to that point I think the Packers will end up winning the division but you get my point will they maybe hold some guys out that normally they would play but it's a short week and it's the Niners coming up
4: yeah I think that plays into it to a point I mean you still have to win a home division game and not take any chances it is the NFL you're playing against pros and and proud guys that want to try to fight hard for their coach. Um, There were, I think, 14 or 15 players on the Packers injury report yesterday that were either limited or did not practice. So They they do have a bunch of guys out, and the one guy in particular who I think that would apply to is Aaron Jones, who's not going to play, I'm quite certain, on Sunday. Uh, You know, you put him out there, maybe he's okay, but then asking that calf to be ready four nights later in San Francisco is probably a big ask. So I think... In the case of Aaron Jones, they're being very careful because they know how much they will need him in San Francisco. You got that with David Bacciari, missed the game with a chest injury. He's been practicing limited. Uh, although Billy Turner slid over and did a really nice job at left tackle, I think Bacciari's is good to go. And, and you know, if, if these guys say I'm ready and the doctors clear him, very conservative medical team in Green Bay, uh, they'll play him. It's the NFL. But, uh, in particular, I think one reason you don't see Aaron Jones is because of that quick turnaround.
0: Uh, we're, we're seeing Lazard on the field. Uh, he hasn't played since, what, the last week, the last game in September. So when can he come back? Can he come back in time for Thursday, or does he have to wait one more?
4: Oh, I think it'll at least be one more. Okay. It's, it's, it's already a quicker turnaround than many thought. They thought it was an eight to ten week type of injury. And the fact that he's been on the practice field is a really good sign. But I. I'll be really surprised if he's ready to go Thursday night. My hope is you ease him back in that next game after the 10 days off is Jacksonville at home, which clearly looks like the easiest game left on the schedule. So, so maybe you ease him back, get him in for a few snaps and then really get ready for that second half of the season. When it clicks in with a couple bears games on the docket, the Titans, a uh, Lions game on the road. I mean, it's going to, it's not a tough schedule per se, but there are uh, intriguing games where you're going to want to have Lazard and and who knows, maybe Green Bay shocks the world and adds another receiver between now and next week. And, and they got a couple of new weapons for Rodgers to play with.
2: Quick thing here, also on the injury front, Mason Crosby, the kicker. What's the game plan if he can't go? Limited, uh, in fact, didn't practice again yesterday. What's the latest on the kicker and the game plan if he can't go?
4: Yeah, special teams coach Sean Menenga is quoted as saying he's confident that he'll be okay, but they're going to test the leg again today. And again, they'll be careful with two games coming up here in five days. They've rotated and brought in kickers every week this regular season, I think mostly for COVID reasons, knowing that if that strikes your kicker, mm. you want to have a guy close by that's already passed through the protocol and is ready. This week's candidate's a kid named Nick Vogel, who's a rookie out of UAB, who uh, his longest kick ever is a 49-yarder. So <laughs> mm. he's made a field goal. Yeah. Um, so he's in the wings if, uh, if uh, Crosby can't go. He's never missed a game, 234, I think, games in a row. Um, but he's got a, a pesky calf injury, and obviously that's, that's something to watch. So I think Green Bay can certainly survive a game without him. I'd rather not survive multiple games without him. But uh, there is a young kid waiting in the wing if he's needed.
0: We have 30 seconds left. Is that uh, Will Fuller you're talking about? Maybe the, the receiver that they bring in there. I've seen some seen some rumors that he is the Packers are looking at him from the Texans, who are seriously going to have a fire sale. You would think at one and six.
4: Yeah, there's been reports. There's a history there. LaFleur was the quarterback's coach at Notre Dame when Fuller was there, so they have know each uh-huh. other for a long time. Now, he makes the some money. He'd be a rental because Green Bay, I doubt, would pay him. The name I'm going to sit back and think about is Michael Gallup, who's still on a rookie contract. Mm. You know, they've got Cooper and Lamb. and How much yep. money are you going to put into wide receiver? Do you give him a second contract? With the way the Cowboys are going, if they're willing to take a, a third or a fourth or a couple of picks, Green Bay has three number fours. Uh, Michael Gallup's the name I'm watching, but I still think it's a long shot because Green just doesn't do this.
0: Dave, uh, we will talk to you on Thursday. Appreciate you coming on as always, Dave Sinikin. The dot com is Dave's blog for you, Packer fans, and you can hear him 7 a.m. on the radio Sunday morning.
4: That is correct.
0: And the podcast is up. How long? How quickly after you guys get off the air? Usually
4: by about 8:30, it's up on either iHeartRadio or iTunes or wherever you uh, find your podcast.
0: Good stuff, Dave Sinikin. Thank you. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Have a great weekend, guys. You do the same. Dave Sinek and com as we take a look at Vikes Packers. And there's no buzz in the Twin Cities for this game either. Uh, There might be some buzz if we can put $1,000 in somebody's pocket. We had a winner in the building, same time as we're on the air, Jeff Angelo down the hall on WHO. Good for Jeff. Let's get one here. Good for Jeff, absolutely. So this takes him out, I would think. You think so? I don't think he has back-to-back winners. Anyways, we'll find out. It's all random. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword BILLS right now to 200. 200 it's your chance to win a thousand bucks bills to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest iowa state conversation with dave Sproul coming up next from kasi in ames mitch holt is the voice of the chiefs at 10 minutes before 11 miller and condon till noon Fourteen sixty KXNO 106 Kill.
1: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO
5: and now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO.
0: Back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Mitch Holtis in 15 minutes, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs in his regular spot on Fridays. Right now, let's head to Story County to Ames, Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, 1430 on the AM dial. That's where I was. State plays in Story County. Dave Sproul joins us. Dave, Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, Dave Sproul? Very well. How about you, fellas? Well, doing well, and looking forward to seeing some guys maybe, if the game goes as expected, that that Kansas doesn't put up much of a fight as they haven't done so far in in Big 12 play, that Iowa State's able to uh, get a look at Hunter Deckers for for one, Jirel Brock for another, uh, who's played sparingly this year. I know he was sidelined earlier in the year, but those are two guys in particular, and I guess Hunter Deckers, since he's a quarterback, um, wouldn't that be maybe not priority number one, but on the list of things they want to get done tomorrow, Dave?
5: You know, yeah, for all the the public uh, posturing about taking this game seriously and not taking Kansas lightly, that, that has to enter the back of your mind just because it's human nature to know that it's pretty likely you're going to win this game comfortably in the fourth quarter might be an opportunity to get some guys in. So, I mean, at the very least, maybe – I would hope they have a game plan to say, okay, if we get into this situation, let's give these guys a shot. Let's see what they can do and, uh, and get them out there and get them some you know actual real-life Big 12 experience. I mean, with the asterisk that it's Kansas, but still, real-life Big 12 experience.
2: It is Kansas, and that's why it's difficult to get excited about this game. Kansas has pulled upsets against Iowa State. Kansas led them in the fourth quarter last year. This doesn't even look like the same outfit we saw towards the end of last season here. What would it take? What would it take for this thing to, to be a ball game in your mind come the fourth quarter?
5: I think if Iowa State's bus breaks down in the way to the stadium, <laughs> that can be real trouble. Uh, I, I think if Iowa State just shows up and isn't focused at all and just takes these guys lightly despite all the, the rhetoric to the contrary, that that would be the biggest danger going into this one, just, just not taking the game seriously at all. Uh, and maybe, you know, I mean, Kansas is not without talent, but mm-hmm. what they have talent-wise is very young. Including Jalen Daniels, the likely starting quarterback, yep. a true freshman, a guy who just turned eighteen this week. Uh, but he's—I've he, seen some of the highlights, and he's really athletic and can mm-hmm. do some things. And he might be able to break off a big play here and there. But you know, he'd have to be able to do that consistently for four quarters, probably, to keep Kansas in this one. And it's very hard to imagine that uh, Ames—or excuse me—for Iowa State to, to, to let that happen, uh, barring just a, a complete letdown.
0: Yeah, you know, I know Puka's gone, but I go back to the Coastal Carolina game. The running back who remains Gardner's his last game. I thought he was better than Puka against Coastal Carolina. I think statistically he had a better game than him. So they can run the football. You're right about the uh, the young quarterback uh, in Daniels. That And that's apparently, as we've talked to people this week, what – You know, we keep asking, is this it for less Miles? How much longer will he go through this? Well, they're not going the JUCO route. They're bringing in high school guys and trying to develop them. So, obviously, they've got a long-term plan. We will see. But where I want to go with you, back to Iowa State. Any update on Tariq Milton? Because I'm convinced that uh, one, of the, one of the main factors in Brock Purdy having the statistically disappointing year that he is and Pro Football Focus came up with a, another ranking of Big 12 quarterbacks and he was 8 out of 10th uh, this week. Uh, update on Milton and might this be the game where maybe one of those, uh, you know, a Wilson or a Shaw or a Skates or uh, 16 Jackson, um, you know, step up a little bit. What are you hearing on Milton.
5: I uh, haven't heard much on that front. Uh, again, you know Matt Campbell always playing that close to the vest uh, when it comes to that, and you you would think that they'll probably play it on the safe side. They generally do, and uh, they'll they'll probably play it safe if he's not 100. percent And I would imagine the same case for Trevor Downing and any other injuries you can think of. Uh, Eddie Ogamba is going to be out a couple weeks. with that you know, if you're really into your kickoffs, um, I, and I, I think you know it, this is an opportunity for Iowa State. Uh, receiving core to step up a little bit more and show some depth because that secondary for Kansas, you know, is the weaker part of the uh, defense compared to the front seven. So there's an opportunity there for those guys to get free and make some plays and maybe they can build up some confidence and build up more of a connection with Purdy and, you know, get out a bit of a role here going into the big 12 season. Now you bring up that, that PFF article. I do want to make one point about that is that those rankings are based strictly on passing and I've contended throughout the season, I think Iowa State needs to run Brock pretty more. Mm-hmm. I think he is a better passer when he runs. But it's not a, a full measure of their complete uh, production at the quarterback position. Uh, for instance, uh, the the quarterback uh, at Oklahoma State, whose name totally escapes me for, for Sanders, right now. Yeah. It, it, his his ranking is pretty low too, but it's based solely on uh, passing, and you, you saw what he did with his feet against mm-hmm. Iowa State and how important that was to Oklahoma State's offense, and I think uh, if Iowa State wants to really get their offense at, at the top level, uh, they need to do more of that with Purdy.
2: Dreams of making a trip to Dallas in the Big Ten, Big Twelve championship game. Davis say dreams of making a trip to Lawrence. <laughs> no, no, is it uh, too early for scoreboard watching? Still need to get another week or two into this before beat State. Really getting deep into the woods there. <laughs> Well, no,
5: not entirely. I mean, the, the nice thing about an 11 a.m. kickoff is you get the rest of the day to watch the rest of the Big 12 yeah. play and the rest of college football, and you can keep tabs on that at Kansas State-West Virginia game, which could, I think could be a, a really uh, fun finish. And you can watch Texas and Oklahoma State, which has mm-hmm. the potential to be uh, fun as well. And, you know, if Kansas State and Oklahoma State both lose, or even one of them loses, that kind of rejiggers things in, in the Big 12 just uh, enough to make you think, okay, well, here's the path forward for Iowa state that might not necessarily have to involve winning out the rest of the season to make it to that big 12 championship game. So if you're a fan, you're always kind of scoreboard watching Mm -hmm. and, and you know, seeing how the league plays out anyway. So, uh, you have my full endorsement to, to check out other scores.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. I mean, look, they're still it's they control their own destiny. They've got a tiebreaker over Oklahoma and TCU beat K State. You know, host K State names what uh, week before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, it is because they got to buy. They have Baylor by K State. Texas, West Virginia on Black Friday, so a lot of football still to be played. Dave Sproul, uh, K A S I in Ames. Dave, will recap the game with you, and we will pick your brain uh, after you listen into Matt Campbell's teleconference on Monday, uh, somewhere around eleven thirty for uh, for your appearance here with us. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. My pleasure, as always. Good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, K-A-S-I, in Ames 1430 on the AM dial. Uh, any of those other Big 12 gets your attention games this weekend? Oh, I love the Oklahoma State Texas game. It is a game. good game, isn't it? What time is that? Is that middle of the afternoon? 3 o'clock. Perfect. So three that o'clock. must be Fox if it's a 3 o'clock kick
2: horror FS1. Ah, uh, Let me check here. I will click on the link. It is Big Fox. Fox. Yep. Big Fox. Big Fox for that one. Like that one. I like your
0: Kansas State-West Virginia game early. You know, I did some more research into that game because I'm the only one that's picking K-State. Yeah. Look, look who West Virginia's played. I keep hearing about the defense being the best defense. In, the best defense in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State, as far as what we've seen so far. Now, they West Virginia did hold Oklahoma State to four touchdowns. They beat Baylor, they beat Kansas, and they beat Texas Tech. They lost to Texas Tech. Oh, they lost to Texas Tech. They played Texas Tech. Yeah, lost to them last weekend. Yeah, on that fumble. So it's not like, with the exception of Oklahoma State, which was game one right out of the shoot, it's not like murderer's row of offense in the Big 12.
2: You think Kansas State's
0: great offensively? No. I don't either. I don't. I'm still taking K-State and I'm not being talked (laughs) out of it. It looks too easy. The number's for it going up. It was three and a half all week. There's some fours out there. I right? might just jump
2: on the other side. Just of this as week.
0: yeah, I knew you might. Because I'm looking for my. Because you sense that I'm starting to get hot is what you're doing. Aha! So I'm not, no, it's and I'm not. I'm that... for a. All right.
2: Because you're the only one alone on this mountain. I am. And you are. But screaming. everybody's going
0: one way. What do you do? You, you go, go the, the other, other way. way all, right, so all right. We'll see. Well, we're going to go south. mm Hmm. Uh, down to Kansas City. Catch up with her. What friends. a
2: matchup this week. <laughs>
0: What kind of what kind of games Le'Veon Bell gonna have?
2: Four carries, twenty four yards. He's going
0: against the Jets. His old three team.
2: catches for fourteen yards and a touchdown.
0: Oh, I think they're gonna. I think he's gonna go crazy. You I think, think he's, he's
2: gonna, gonna want to? Look, there, That's a tough spot. I'm sure yeah. I can find some props there for Le'Veon this
0: week. Do you think there are some? I'm sure Oh, there are. yeah. All right, we'll take a timeout. It's uh, 1045 on a Friday, coming up at about an hour from night now. We'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxon's, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. We'll give you four games uh, and a tiebreaker. In fact, the tiebreaker, if you're going to try and get in an hour from now, is going to be Chiefs points. That's it. No Jets. Just Chiefs. Closest without going over. Got two NFL games and as you would assume, I went Iowa State's games as well.
2: Uh rushing yards, Le'Veon, this is from DraftKings. Thirty-five and a half is the number. You're all over the over on that I one. I think I would. Receiving yards,
0: eleven and a half. You're all That's over the it. over on that one. Uh, I I look it's he it's, we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, uh Mitch Holtus, We'll ask him next as he joins us. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 kx in 0103. Back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. just past 10 minutes before the hour of 11. Let's get our friend Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, in here. It's Jeff's, it's Jets Chiefs. Oh boy. Ah, uh, Mitch, how are you? Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on.
1: Well, good, Ken. Uh, that uh, that music you're playing, the bump music, I just had you in a. Uh like a folding chair, like headbanging outside of Medicine Hat, Alberta, in your youth, watching Clearwater Revival out in some pasture someplace. Takes me, me back. I get rid of that image.
0: Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's uh, you and I are roughly the same age, I think, or same demo. Uh, yeah, they were a hell of a band. Underrated, in my opinion. Well, oh,
1: way underrated.
0: Uh, Chris Jones thinks the Jets are underrated. Um, look it's the you know i guess it's the nfl that's any given sunday right but boy it sure doesn't feel like it's going to be much of a game convince me that i'm wrong
1: which side of the ball are you looking at because on the offensive side of the ball if we had parent teachers conferences we'd go uh we're gonna need to go into another room and have (laughs) some time here on the defensive side it's like you're doing okay looks like you're doing all right here or there uh defensively they're, get this, on an 0 and 17 Ken, uh, ON 17 Ken, mm-hmm. you rarely see a team that's plus two in the giveaway takeaway. They have 10 takeaways, seven interceptions. Remember, Greg um, is the defensive coordinator yep. of this group. Uh, Greg Williams, Williams yep. who's the, yeah, Excelsior Springs, Missouri native. Here's the other one that ought to concern you if you're a Chiefs fan listening to us in central Iowa. The Jets. I put this on Twitter last night. The Jets lead the National Football League in roughing the passer penalties with eight. Yeah. The next closest team has four. There have only been fifty-one in the league in seven weeks, and they have eight of them.
0: Yeah, I think they got so, ripped ripping three times when they played Denver on a Thursday night. The start ripping start. Yeah, I agree. I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely. And so, and one guy, uh, Quentin Williams, who's yeah. been a part of a you know trade rumors. Uh, really good defensive lineman has four. So if you're a Chiefs fan, it's defend Mahomes at all costs. The Chiefs have eighty four have allowed eighty four quarterback pressures this season, which is second most in the league, even though they've only had eleven sacks. That's due to Mahomes getting rid of the football. But uh, they got some defensive uh, dudes and they'll come after you offensively. Ooh. Mm. Other than Frank Gore, I ain't seen a whole lot. Now it looks like they're missing two wide receivers, Crowder and Perry. Looks like they're ruled out. Yeah. Wow.
2: Difficult to get excited about this game, but you still get to see Patrick Mahomes and the rest of that offense. Mahomes behind the offensive line. He's been sacked three times two of the last three weeks. His standard is so high. He's thrown for under 300 yards the last two games. There's nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes. But what do you say? I mean, you build yourself up to this level where anything short of incredible play, people want to poke holes in when you look at Patrick Mahomes.
1: Kens Broncos were lurking in the snowbanks <laughs> of the front range. Uh 1 degree real or a wind chill, 17 degrees real temperature. Short week, road road. Denver's got good players, Malik Reed, we all know about Chubb. Mm-hmm. Uh Justin Simmons. He actually played really well in that game even though he didn't put up stats. We live in a world of stats in fantasy football where to really, truly win the game. You have to win the real game and then win the fantasy game and throw for 350. Mahomes is playing at a high level. Look at his interception or touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, 15 to one. He's thrown one pick and uh, he's he's not getting, you know, a rash when he doesn't have 350 yards passing. To me, that's all good signs. This is a better team, the Chiefs are, than they were a year ago at mm-hmm. this time. Not only better record, Mahomes is handling these games and doing it in a masterful way, the way a pro does it, uh, Trent. And it's not necessarily putting up fantasy numbers, and that's actually a good sign.
0: Uh, what do you make of Butker? Is it between the ears at this point? I mean, he's such a good kicker. We go back to the Chargers games and all of those long kicks, all of those pressure kicks that he had to make, and they kept, you know, I really mean, don't have to repeat the scenario, but you get it. He had to make three of them, including a couple of 58ers, which he did. Yet the extra point thing, that Bugaboo, it bit him again last week. What do we make of this?
1: Well, it's I, I do think it's a mental thing. Now, you guys are probably both golfers, or at the very least, you play in the Tom Donaldson Let's his Money for Up <laughs> Golf Tournament uh, or the High V Golf Tournament, that has like forty thousand people in it uh, in Des Moines, using every Des Moines golf course. But it's the person who's got galler guys on the tee and just drives it down the middle and just smokes it, man, out there two hundred plus. Like, wow, nice drive. And then they pick up the seven iron or eight iron, and their hands start shaking. They just can't hit that club. I really think that's where uh, Butker is right now. He can smash. these. He has a 60-yarder waiting in there somewhere, and yet these shorter kicks are driving him crazy. Now he's trying to overcompensate. He was pulling them, and the other day he left it out. So it's like I can hit driver, but I cannot get to the green. I've got this great drive, and I'm going to skank this shot and still double bogey the hole. I think that's where he's at right now. And it's just going to take a while, I think, to work through it. But he's got to quit missing them. I mean, that Mm -hmm. could be the difference in a game here or there. You know, God forbid the playoffs.
2: Le'Veon Bell against his old team. Uh, We were talking about some of the props that are out there here in our state of DraftKings. But what are your thoughts? Uh, How big of a part of the game plan is Le'Veon going to be?
1: Oh, I think he continues to integrate more. I think probably in that Denver game, you're thinking, well, he was a little more than maybe I thought he was going to be. I don't know if you had that impression or not. Yeah, I did. I was like, yeah. I mean, he's out there and pops a 16-yard mm-hmm. run right out of the gate. I think, again, going back to the virtues that he gives you, Trent, that goes back to last week's show. Hopefully it's archived <laughs> and people can go listen to it. No, and, I, I and
0: erased I that one.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. An additional alignment, an additional tight end, and can provide you know big plays as a receiver and runner. He's a pseudo tight end and O no alignment here now in the way he blocks. And so again, the other thing you saw one snap of it, but don't lose that thought of him and Clyde Edwards elair uh, playing at the same time. Mm. That's where it really gets dangerous. The other thing I tell you about this game, you're going, well, I can't get excited about this Jets game. Chiefs are 20 point favorites, unheard of in the NFL. We just put up a podcast yesterday. We have a Defending the Kingdom podcast that I do with Sean Barber. They can see it at the, uh, you can go to YouTube and find it, Spotify, all the, All the YouTube place, I mean, all the uh, podcast places. But I said the Chiefs are now playing in three divisions. One, the obvious, the AFC West, game and a half ahead. We we look at that. Who's got the remaining games? None of those teams have a bye left. And now the Broncos got a COVID issue. Two, uh, the second division is the race for the bye division. Pretty clear in the middle of the uh, season here, we've got four teams racing for that one AFC bye. Steelers, obviously, uh, Titans, uh, Ravens and Chiefs. All right, the third division is the COVID division. Now we're sitting here talking about how great Tampa Bay is, and they are rolling. Godwin is back. They've got Evans. Tom Brady looks hot. They got. Uh, Ab. I mean, playing hot. Uh, here's the point: COVID can wreck it. Yep. Can wreck any one of these teams. Who mitigates COVID could as determine the Super Bowl 55 winner as much as any other stat you want to give me. Man, the Chiefs are now playing in three divisions.
0: We have 30 seconds left. Tell us about our yep. friends at Papa John's.
1: Well, here we go. Another weekend, right? We've got Iowa Northwestern. They're still playing. Uh, although the Donitsons, who are Nebraska fans, are lamenting mm-hmm. over this Wisconsin cancellation. Uh, and we've got Iowa State that's going to rebound, try to. They're at Kansas this week. So anyway, get your pizza before the game and for sure on Sunday. But just check it out at PapaJohns.com. we got new specials coming in November. You can still ask about the JDRF special, but the the Donaldsons are phenomenal. So here we go. But the Chiefs are in now three divisions, not just uh, the AFC West. We
0: will talk to you next week. Thank you, Mitch Holtus.
1: Win the COVID division.